Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Loud and Local continues on The Rock with Kevin Deers, 99.9 KISW. Hey, what's going on? It's Loud and Local. Right now, I'm speaking with a Seattle legend, Carrie Ockrey, vocalist for bands like Hammerbox, Goodness, The Rockfords, which is finally seeing the light of day again. Uh, with Mike McCready from Pearl Jam. Uh, she has three solo albums, and she's working on new music. She has a showcase coming up August 21st after the summer. Uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing, Carrie? I'm doing really good. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, it's great to chat with you. Um, you know, I, uh, as someone who I collect old school cassette tapes, my friend John, uh, probably know John Pettibone, singer of Undertow. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah. He works at El Corazon. He gave me a bunch of old Hammerbox cassettes. So Really? Yeah. Ooh, I might yeah. want to get my hands on one. <laughs> what if I were to sell back the... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that would be... I, I think I would have to give it to you. Anyways, so how are you doing today? I'm doing really good. Yeah. I mean, it's not raining. I feel yeah. good about that. Yeah. We're in the Northwest. Um, no, things are go- doing good. You know, music is continues on, albeit differently. Just I'm just at a different, you know, place in life. But you know, it, that's something that's always going to be in my life. Yeah. Um, and having been here for uh such a long time, there's just a great community too. So like I'm still finding new people that I'm collaborating with. And I, that's something I really love. Every um solo record I've done is like a whole new band, new producer, except for Steve Fisk. He did the last two. Um and that's just something I like to do. I like to find uh, new players all the time. Love so, it. Is that something that, you know, you, you seek out or do they seek you out? Because, you know, you're so well known in this music community. No, usually I both. seek it out. Okay. I seek it out for sure. Yeah. Um, I've, I've just never been, I've never been someone who uh, hesitates, you know. Um, I, I just think, and I like to take a risk and chance on people. And I think more often than not, when I say, hey, let's like, do you want to play on the record? People are like, what? Really? And I'm like, yeah, you're really good. And I'm not controlling on a record. I just like, it's almost like cooking. I like to bring together really good talent and flavors, hand them songs, and then I'm like, go do something with that. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. I mean, I have my, I have my limits and I'm clear about them or things I don't like, you know what I mean? It's, It's very few, but. Um, over the years, I've learned uh, you, you have to step up and say what you like or don't like. It's your work and all of that. So, um, yeah. So <laughs> I'll have a list of things that I'm like, no, you know, 
no, like, I don't know, no pedal steel. We're not going all country. You know yeah. what I mean? Don't yeah. even put on the wah wah pedal. If I hear yeah. a wah wah pedal, I'll, you know, like across the room, I'm like, no. <laughs> you know, you, so one of these days we could have like a this is your life segment where it's all musicians that have worked with you in the past <gasps> through all your different bands, because or just like a birthday party, you know, with all, all musicians that have worked with you. And then in I the end, that. It would be a greatest hits and you would just play you you would have to remember you wouldn't be given the lyrics to anything you would have to on the spot have to remember the different songs and that that would be amazing actually that's that would be amazing i also think it would be a really fun night yes (laughs) i know sounds like a lot of planning good times (laughs) yeah 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 i've done kind of forms of that um Ben London a year or so ago put together a retrospective show for me and it was Hammerbox songs, goodness, uh, solo stuff. I don't think we did a Rockford song, um, but like Harris came and played yeah. on the Hammerbox stuff. Danny um, and Chris came up and played some of the goodness stuff. And it just was a host of amazing musicians that night. That's cool. Um, it was really fun. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about this Rockford. So that was something that was um, put out in what was it? 1990. 2000. 2000. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh and it was originally released, but it it wasn't like a widely distributed album, or was it? I don't think it was. I mean, it's something that Epic put out, but um, I don't they didn't put like the full force behind sure. it. Um, and you know, Mike's in Pearl Jam, so they're yeah. they're they're very busy and they yeah. take priority. And so I think any side band that they they have going on, um, you know, it's never gonna be as big as Pearl Jam. <laughs> But they'll let them they'll let them have fun and be like, all right, yeah, we'll put it out, but we're not gonna yeah. give the full promotional push. Just you know, have yeah. fun with well, it on the side, Mike. Exactly. Well, and Mike's really creative. I think Mike's always um seeking new things to do and interested in art. And at the time he wanted to get back together with the his shadow brothers. Yep. And initially it was going to be a record with different singers uh all all over it and in fact one of the songs uh nancy wilson sings on awesome. or is a lead singer for that yeah. um but then they asked me to come in and then it was like sing one song okay sing this other song all right sing you know all of a sudden it was like now okay, you're the I'm singer the, i'm the singer now yeah <laughs> and mike mike was really flattery mike was like really i, I just wanted to work with you and i was yeah. like deeply flattered yeah this was actually all just a ruse. We wanted you as the vocalist the whole time. <laughs> kind of. It felt like that. I was like, all you had to do was ask. <laughs> right. I'm right here. So I, uh, where in Seattle do you live? I live in Tacoma. Oh, cool. Nice. Right mm-hmm. on. T-Town. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. We moved here in 2015. I mean, for, you know, all the, for the obvious reasons of Seattle becoming so expensive. Now Tacoma's and getting expensive. Now Tacoma's getting expensive. I know. Um, and it was, it felt like we better do it right now or yeah. we're going to miss, miss it. Right. Because it was the only city uh, in the area that was still, you know, had prices that were under reasonable. Everything else was like half a million or, you know, whatever, yeah. Yeah. all the way to Tacoma. And then it was like, all right. <laughs> and now seven years later, your house is triple its value. Uh, it has. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a joke. <laughs> We're here on financial real estate talk with Carrie. That's right. Yep, yep. So uh, here's what you do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. You moved to Tacoma. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So if you don't mind, I'm curious about um, 
when when did you first or actually let me ask uh were you born and raised in seattle no i grew up in the tri-cities in kennewick Kennewick, washington yeah and then when did you move to seattle i came over in 85 and i i came over and was going to the uw oh cool and then about two years in um like two uh, things I was interested in was like photography at the time, but also sure. French. I don't know. I'd, I'd always been fascinated. Sure. And second year into college, I did a, uh, I did a study abroad for like a quarter and then just stayed in France mm. for like a year um, in order to learn how to speak French. Um, and I just knew I'm like, I'm not a good student. I was like, I'm going to have, I'm going to need to be forced, you know? So I'm just yeah. going to get a job. Everyone will leave. It's going to be terrible for a little bit. And then, uh, then I'll know how to speak it. And so when I got back from that, and that's one of the hardest things I've ever done. I, I have such a, a deep appreciation for anyone who comes to a country and doesn't know the language. Sure. Like I have a very deep a- appreciation for that. But when I came back, I was like, okay, that's probably the hardest thing you've ever done since you've done that. What else do you want to do? And, you know, I'd always been in choir. Um, okay. I'd never been in bands. Um and I just growing up, I, was like, I used to sing along to things and daydream, but I never, you know, the Tri-Cities had great punk rock, you know, like, but there wasn't like music I might, that I would sing, you know, you know, it's a small Tri-Cities. It was it's small at the time, yeah. you know, maybe later you do a cover band, but it was like, there was nothing there that would make me go like, yeah, I'm going to start a band. Um, and so when I was in Seattle, there's obviously a scene. Yeah. It was very evident, right? You just you just saw it everywhere. So I just thought at the time, I was like, well, why don't we try that? Yeah. <laughs> like, seems, seems like you could possibly do that. Um, and I answered one ad in the rocket, yes. which Dave and James had put together. Um, and I forced them to let me come and try out because they were, they were like, do you have a cassette? Do you have you, you know, who do you sound like? Yeah. Do you have any recordings of yourself? Yeah. And I was like, I don't have any of that. (laughs) You're just going to have to hear me sing. And so I went out to what was then like Greenwood, which then was like no man's land. Yeah. Out to some house they had and met them. And they, uh, I I swear it's, it's, I started and sort of live by this trial by fire thing, you know, where they were like, okay, well, we've written some, uh, some songs. And we're going to go into the practice space. You come in and start singing. <laughs> I mean, I've never, never been in a band. And so I walked in. It was just drums and bass. Yeah. So I went in and I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and then never looked back. And, kind of you know, and you're still not looking back. You you have new music on the way you're working on. And mm-hmm. that's awesome. So w- as far as like your musical, like your love and passion for it, you know, like what was the first band or musician or artist, you know, even as a kid that kind of like, you know, inspired you? Uh, I really loved like Carol King. Like okay. my yeah. mom had the tapestry record, which is, a, is a phenomenal record. Um, uh, you know, I sort of started listening to, you know, I think my first records were like Olivia Newton, John, right. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, the Bee Gees or something. ABBA? Um, no, we didn't have ABBA. We okay, didn't. My okay, mom, okay. they would listen to like Cher, Barbara Streisand, uh, Carol King. Um, who else? There weren't that many. Uh, Elton John. Mm-hmm. So those would be kind of the first ones, you know, on eight track, no less. Um, so they weren't so, hard rockers. 
No, <laughs> no, not really. Like I've never been super metal or anything sure, like that, sure, sure. which used to be kind of the running joke, not the running joke, but in my mind, when um, Hammerbox was going or even in Seattle, I was like, I'm a new wave baby. Yeah. Like I like Susie and the Banshees or the Cocteau Twins or, yeah. you know, even like Kate Bush or all of that stuff. So I didn't grow up like in love with the Stones yeah. or uh, or Dylan or anybody. You know what I mean? So but I'm surrounded by guys who th- that's what they live and die by, sure. you know, Led Zeppelin. And so I always thought that was really funny. But growing up, like I listened to I mean, I'm a singer. I'm a singer at heart. And so I like listening to singers of all Mm -hmm. kinds that I like any, you know, um, and I have an appreciation for voices and, and somewhat technique. Um, like I used to sing along to Barbara Streisand for reasons, not, not to sound like her, but she has such an incredible tone. Um, and she could hold a note and, um, just like guitar players, when you sing along with someone just to see what you can do or if you can get the same tone, hold a note, or um, it's a great way to practice and figure yeah. out what you can do. I've always, I, that's, I did that for years, awesome. you know, alone in your room. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, so with this interview, we're actually going to play uh, some, some songs from Carrie's band throughout the year. So we're actually going to play a song from the band that we were just talking about Hammerbox. So, uh, you know, I feel like now is a good time to probably just jump into it. So this is uh, when three is two. Is there some, anything you could say to to jump into this song? Anything you could say to introduce it? Well, this was one of our favorite songs. I think it's, you know, it's one of the ones that a lot of people know. Dave wrote the lyrics for it uh, and the band, the music. I don't know. It's one of our was one of our favorite songs. And it's it came in two different versions, so I'm not sure which one you'll play. It either had a soft opening or a hard one. <laughs> which one do you prefer? We shall see. I kind of like the soft one. Let's do the soft mm-hmm. one. All right. Here it is. When Three is Two by Hammerbox. We're talking with Carrie Ockrey. It's Loud Local on the Rock.
by Hammerbox from Carrie Ockrey and Hammerbox and 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 uh that band uh very influential in the northwest scene and uh after Hammerbox you went on to join a band called Goodness can you tell me a little bit about the transition um from Hammerbox to Goodness and you know what kind of brought you into the new project well not new now but you know mm-hmm. looking back what brought you to Goodness after Hammerbox well you know, it's, I find that time amazing. Like in your twenties, like the risks you're willing to take, you know, you just don't, it's in some ways you don't know any better, but you also think you have all the time. And I just appreciate that. But Hammerbox had been signed to A&M records, which, um, I think for a lot of bands brings a lot of pressure and that either goes well or it doesn't. And I think it became too much for, um, band members. And at some point, we had a two record guarantee deal, which was crazy. And people aren't getting that these days. No, <laughs> no, not at all. And I walked like I, at some point it just was, it just was in a place that wasn't James had left. And it, I think at that young age, I didn't have the skills or, and you know, like to talk it out or sure. I don't know. You just didn't have like the knowledge enough to do it. So you just, you know, do the wild thing and be like, this isn't working for me. And you walk out. out you know people were not happy managers and lawyers were not happy but I just it didn't cross my mind that I just wouldn't start another band and I was looking to grow so in Hammerbox I wrote the melodies and lyrics I didn't write this the music like the songs Mm -hmm. and I really wanted to start uh, writing songs and so in my mind I wanted to gather new musicians and try something different something that had a little more space for vocals uh, a band where I could write some of the songs yeah. um, and and exercise that. So that's what I had in mind. And again, Seattle was just burgeoning with musicians everywhere. So it yeah. just didn't cross my mind. And, you know, at the time, Seattle was very, um, very livable, accessible. Like you just, all your friends were musicians. Yeah. And so it was like, great. I've played with these guys now, you know, 
I'm going to go meet with my friend Timo and talk about music. And he knows Danny and, uh, you know, Timo knows Garth because they played Nubbin together. And my brother was the first drummer. Um, and Mary Ellen Cooley knew like the fastbacks and she was like, I'll play bass for a while. You know what I mean? And then we swapped out my brother. Uh, my brother left to be in Citizens Utilities. And th- this is a funny story. Danny wanted Chris Friel to come try out. And I remember him saying that. And I remember the Friel brothers from a, a, a coffee shop on the Ave when I was in college. And okay. instantly I was like, and I thought of them as pretty boys. Like, you know, they had their long hair. They're handsome sure. guys. And I was like, so Danny says something about Chris Friel. And I go, oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> My first reaction was like, no, no way. No way am I having some pretty boy in the band. I had such a vis- like visceral reaction. Like, no. Yeah. Um, and Danny convinced me. He's like, no, just he's, you know, he's not like that. Let him try out. And this is the, this is one of my favorite stories. So Chris comes, he's obviously really nice. We start playing one of the songs and he's like staring at me. And I, 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 I was started getting uncomfortable. Like what, what is he looking at? You know what I mean? And this just shows some of my inexperience. So in Hammerbox, we would kind of be in separate corners. And if you were mad at somebody, you just didn't look at them or you put a pole in the way, you know what I mean? So there was a lot of like separation. So I wasn't used to like people looking at me or towards me. And so (laughs) at one point I said to Chris, what are you looking at? And he goes, I'm waiting for you to tell me what to do. (laughs) And and instantly I fell in love with Chris Friel because I was like, he just schooled me in the best way. Like he just taught me something. And I, I grew right in that moment. And I really really appreciated that. Like I had, I had deep respect for that. And I was like, Oh, okay. I love you. All right. You're right. <laughs> Thank he's you. Just for here that. To, he's just here to play. And you know, he's not, yeah. beef, he's not here to beef with you. He's here to just no. go along with it and, and, and join the, join the party. Chris like Freel it. is one of the most even keel kind people I've ever met in my life. Net, like I can't even count on one hand ever really. I've ever seen him be terrible. Never, (laughs) never. Yeah. Awesome. Lucky me. (laughs) So, you know, of, of all of the, you know, the shows that Hammerbox and goodness got to play. um, What, what were some of the venues that you really enjoyed back in the day? Maybe venues that aren't still here, whether it be the velvet Elvis or rock candy, something like that. You know, what were some of your favorite, you know, stomping grounds for your bands? Well, some of my all time favorites were, um, were the OK Hotel. Okay. For sure. Wow, Hammerbox that's funny. like I just say okay. <laughs> okay, I know, right? Yeah. Cha-ching. Um, we really cut our teeth there. Rock Candy was also one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. Probably one of them, our one of our one of you know best shows we ever played with like I think the Gits and Seven Year Bitch at Rock Candy was one of my it's actually out there on YouTube. But um I loved Rock Candy. Um I mean we played everywhere. I, I you name it, we played there like you know the Vogue or what was the off ramp at the time or um, you played a lot, but those two places were probably some of my favorite. Um, we got to play the more that there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. Um, but in terms of clubs, those are my favorite for goodness. Um, oh, also, I guess for Hammerbox and goodness was the crocodile, the old yeah. crocodile. Um, I, I swear to God, I spent my twenties in there <laughs> um, and it was just a great place to, to play. And, you know, We've also gotten to play with amazing people or open for them even, which has been great. 
Um, so you mentioning the gits, you know, and, and, and also seven year bitch, like such iconic, you know, female centric energy and badass, just women singing. Um, and, and, and I, I love it. Honestly, the gits, one of my favorite bands of all time. I did never got to see them. It was before my time of going to shows. Um, and if it's not too sensitive of, the, of a subject, obviously Mia, uh, passed away was, was brutally murdered and, and, and everything. And, you know, you can look up that story. Uh, so so much about that uh, if you're unfamiliar. But when I say Mia's name, are do you have any memories? Is there anything positive, like you know, of of oh. spending time with her? Anything you would wouldn't mind sharing? Well, nothing but positive about yeah. Mia. I mean, she was a very kind soul with an incredible voice. Um, and I didn't know her super well, but we were all in the same scene, so you you sort of felt like you were together. Yeah. Um, I I but I distinctly remember, um. And, and this happened so rarely. I think I was, I just was really, I, I, to this day, I love this conversation. It doesn't happen very often. We were both playing in Alaska, what? like in Anchorage. <laughs> yes. Cool. Yeah, Anchorage used to fly people up all the time. Hell yeah. And Hammerbox and the Gits played a show up there together. And Mia pulled me aside and wanted to talk about voice. She was like, okay, how do you keep your voice, you know, from not, um, you know, getting hurt? How do you, uh, do different things with your voice. Like I just was so excited one, cause she's an incredible singer and I love talking to singers yeah. and people don't for whatever reason, don't usually talk to each other. And so I just felt so excited about that. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget that. It was so, it's so rare that, and she was such an incredible, you know, singer and person. I was, yeah. I was giddy, pretty giddy. Yeah. Giddy for the but, gits. You know, Get it. Giddy for the gits. Well, and just also incredible people, that whole band just, yeah. kind souls you know what i mean um and you know when she was murdered that was um that i believe it really cracked our 20s uh, also stephanie stephanie from seven year bitch mm -hmm. when she passed there was just like this i don't know like se section of time like mid 20 you know your 20s basically yeah where you just did experience people passing you know it's like there was stephanie there was mia and then there was other people around us like you know just, just heroin in general and prior to us yep. you know you think about andy woods and all that too um but in your 20s it, it it just cracks you open a little bit things aren't as sweet afterwards you're not never not everyone's happy-go-lucky like nothing's gonna go wrong yeah it it really um it marks you absolutely yeah. well I'm sorry to bring the vibe down. Obviously, <laughs> you can you can look up video live videos of the gets and so much energy in in, in in those albums. So just wanted to make sure we we mentioned that because you you mentioned those yeah. names. And so I wanted to, you know, kind of just chat about that. So, you know, when you look back with with uh with goodness and with hammerbox for your mm -hmm. personal taste these days, which one do you think you would put on? Which album would you put on uh for yourself? Or is that like picking a child? Is that is that a rude? That's really hard. <laughs> yeah, that is really hard. Uh, yeah, we can that's skip really that hard. question. We can skip that question. I mean, if I was going to pick one from each, um, I really love Numb. I really do. Just we got you know we had a chance to do like larger production, and there's yeah, the you know that mood and that kind of that music does one thing right, mm -hmm. and sometimes you really need that. that. And then Goodness's first record. I just, I love because it was, for me, I know it was a moment of experimentation that was very pleasurable, like kind of thought out, 
um, or, or just actively sought, you know what I mean? Like yeah. everyone was very, let's try and do something different without being manipulative. Right. Or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, obvious or something. Um, so I would say, you know, from Hammerbox that one, and then the first goodness record actually. Okay. Yeah. Sorry to make you choose your kids, but the other ones die. <laughs> we we massacre them now. Okay, so um, how did you know? Uh, obviously, there was you know kind of the elephant in the room here is the pandemic. You know, like there was like this year and a half where shows weren't happening. You know, and how did you stay sane personally? Or did I you gotta not? Tell you, um, I know <laughs> I did. I got to tell you, I was one of those people who was probably gunning for alone time. Sure. Um, and so, you know, I really welcomed it. I mean, I'm lucky that I didn't have anybody close to me get ill or pass. Um, and so I really took, I swear that first year to just do a lot of contemplation and healing and meditation. And I, I wanted it. Like, I just was like, I'm going to go deep and, uh, take a look at some things, uh, that maybe I haven't or look to heal some things. So for me, it was like very, I welcomed it. Um, and I think, I think I'm also really good at that. I don't know. I don't mind spending a lot of time alone. Sure. Um, and so it didn't hit me hard right away. Um, but I would say now feels weirder than then even, <laughs> you know, because we're sort of half in half out, yeah, half in, but there's no media around it. So you don't really know what's going on. Like it just, yeah. It feels like in the, when it started, that's all that was on the news. Yep. Understandably. Right. And it was just like almost for two years, just like nonstop the management or looking at it everywhere. And at some now point, it just felt like there was this. We're just yeah, living, like, living with it somehow. Yeah. yeah. There's more. Yeah. Once I think the vaccine came out, now it's like more people than I have ever known have had COVID now, but you never hear about it. Like it's not on the news. Yeah. And, but they're vaccinated. So they're not, you know, passing, but I was like, how did we go from this to like, now I don't know if I ever hear about it. And we, and we're not all, um, we're not all going out. Not everybody's feeling so good. I mean, you put two years in isolation, you don't necessarily step out going great. You know, like I'm used to this. It's like, you have to have re-entry. And, you know, during that time that affected a lot of musicians. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like for active musicians, um, to take away shows or have to pivot. Um, I thought actually a lot of people I know were really impressive and innovative. So I mean that I, I loved watching that, but I'm not, that was not easy. And I don't think that filled the void per se, but I really appreciate how innovative people were. They're like, well, I got to do something like I, I, this is what I do. Um, and, you know, now it's kind of a whole new world because of that. You could still use that if you want. Yeah. And so I think that brings good new knowledge, but massively difficult, especially for people who like pay their rent mm-hmm. or make money at it. Um, what a what a wild thing to just have that rug pulled out from under you completely and halt. Um, I didn't feel it as hard because that's not I'm not that's not where I'm at. But I definitely watched a lot of friends go, yeah. "Ooh, now what? What am I going to do? So, well, and, it's, it's good that you're back playing shows. You know, you, you just recently played a show and then you have one coming up in October. It's got to be kind of nice to get back to it. Yeah. Well, and that show I just played literally got postponed like from a year out. Oh, yeah. 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 Because, you know, like when we first started to go out, um, 
it was so like, okay. And then no way, you know, we were just too close. Yay. Um, No, you know, like, oh, wait. Oh, oh, don't go away. Exactly. So like uh, that show I played had been pushed out like almost a year. Like it'd been on the books and we just kept having to push it out and push it out. The first, it was supposed to be August of last year. Mm. And um, I just didn't, at that time, we were so close to like still being in it um, that for me, I didn't, what a different way, a different thing to have to think about. But I was like, I didn't feel, I did not want to be the person gathering people. You didn't want to be a super spreader, Carrie. No, I didn't want to be the reason people were gathering. Sure. I didn't want to put musicians at risk. Um, I was like, that's not the kind of environment I want to play a show in. I can, I can wait. You know, you hear about that Carrie show? Yeah, she was a super spreader, dude. I can't believe her. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's, I <laughs> totally almost got ill at your show. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I totally hear you. Um, okay, so we're gonna go into a goodness song here, actually. Uh, to 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 play a song, but before I do, I have a question. Um, that you know, just kind of. And, and you can interpret this in any way you'd like, but um, being someone, you know, that's been in the Northwest since the eighties um, or been in Seattle since the eighties and the Seattle music scene, and, you know, been a part of such pivotal bands and in, in, in during, you know, such a crazy landscape of this city and still pl- putting out music and, you know, continuing to play live shows. How has um, living in Seattle and living in the Northwest affected the way you approach your art? Well, I feel like I was lucky enough to navigate Seattle when it was very livable and affordable. So I'll say that first, like I cut my teeth on music and art at a time where a lot of us could live and do art and hang out with each other and play shows and build um, also at a time Mm pre-internet. So your, your energy was put into like building shows, you know, with each other, with audiences. And, you know, at the time, like Seattle, what I would say a huge spectrum of people were using music as their outlet. If, you know, albeit if they were like playing it or going to see it anywhere from the Microsoft guy to a suburb person, to somebody from Bellingham to like the rock and roller, like everyone was going to see music or play music every weekend. And so you could play a show on a Monday and it'd be packed. Four shows could be packed on a Monday. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I will say, like, I got to do a lot of things. I got to very, in a healthy manner, be DIY. Yeah. I got to spend and commune with a lot of friends who were all doing the same thing. Like, that was our life. Um, it's like a little village, right? And we all get to hang out and utilize the city. And, you know, Seattle at the time, and you know, seven o'clock at night, it was like a ghost town. Like you could walk downtown and, you know, there might be a couple blocks that were like, okay, you know, maybe not walk through there, but it was a ghost town. So you felt like as a person, you could walk and live the city and use it and hang out in it. And um, I feel like I'm lucky that I got to live it that way. I feel like I got the chance to do a lot of things, to learn a lot of things um, and participate and meet people like so many things because it was um, really viable. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, that's all I did for solidly for almost 20 years. Um, And so you learn a lot in that, 
So I feel like my, that's what my experience sort of entails. Yeah. And it's provided me that all the experience and all the music. That's awesome. It's very different now. You know what I mean? I yes. feel like it's very different now. Um, I was <laughs> laughing because, you know, that's not that long ago. That's not that long ago that we like didn't have the, you know, like we didn't have like mass internet usage. Um, and I found, um, I found notebooks uh, that, that Hammerbox used to bring on tour and capture people's addresses, like yeah. handwritten. Yep. And that's how we like got a, you know, like a mailing list. A mailing list was this. It wasn't email addresses. It was like literally people writing down their addresses. And your problem was, God, I hope it's legible. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so weird. That seems weird to me. Snail mail them <laughs> a sticker or something, right? Yeah, people come out though. I mean, yeah. You, I mean, I don't know. I sort of, I feel like at the time, people sought things out because you had to. Yeah. You know, and now it's so readily available. I think that's changed the landscape, or how people like engage with music, go to shows, don't go to shows. I mean, you can. I don't know. I think it's really uh, affected live shows in some ways. I mean, there's people who appreciate live shows, um, but now you've got a lot of different options that you could get really comfortable with. You know, definitely true. Shout out to the people that are still coming out to shows, supporting music and shout out to the musicians that are living in Seattle, booking shows with uh, four different jobs and, you know, fitting it in to live in Seattle, <laughs> you know, paying four times the cost of what it should to get a rental or get a practice space, you know. So shout yeah. out to those people, you know. So Absolutely. Yeah. How's that Somehow. even being done? Somehow. Yeah. You know. They will persevere. Exactly. Uh, so we're going to go into a goodness song. And uh, this one's super wise. Uh, anything you want to say about this one? Um, You know, it was so fun playing this song that you know the starting riff if you know it you'll recognize it it's super catchy it's been played at hockey games it's been like it's an opening song for anything and um it's always a really good time playing it it's really fun all right here's goodness we're talking with carrie Ockery here on loud and local
from mom answer it call silenced instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game you have 47 new voicemails download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollars per order additional terms apply Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. That was super wise by goodness here on Loud and Local. And we're talking with Carrie Ockrey. Um, she is a solo musician these days, and she's going to be playing a showcase October 21st at the newly revamped Crocodile. If you have not had a chance to go to the Crocodile, I highly suggest it. Beautiful space. There's like two different venues. There's a hotel. So if you get too many drinks, you can go upstairs. You can spend the night. It's a great place. Uh, great. You know, people put out, put out. Have you been to the Crocodile since it's reopened? 
I haven't. I haven't. Oh, awesome. that show's actually August 21st. August 21st. Sorry. August 21st. That. Yeah, no um, worries. Uh, I will say, let me say August 21st. And then I'm just going to take that little piece and I'm going to, you know, cut and paste it into, you know, previous. So August 21st at the crocodile still in the summer, technically. So, um, you are currently in the process of working on new new music. Can you tell me a little bit about, you know, if this is going to be an EP, an album, or a full length, or if you're just kind of going with the flow? I really like being able to do um, singles. Yeah. So um, there's a single that I'm going to complete by the end of July and um, release with a video. And Danny's going to take it um, to a company that is doing um, NFTs and uh-huh. create avatars and like use it on that platform. So that's kind of wild. Um, and so, you know, doing singles, like I, you get to experiment some more, you know what I mean? Like uh, you can play with a lot of people. Um, one of the songs I want to do, uh, have Jeff Fielder produce um, another songs with um, a friend of mine, Hunter Leah, who's here as a producer. Awesome. Um, and so, yeah, it's been really fun doing singles. It, the latest songs really, I think that have just kind of come out of me are like, uh, I think women in general really relate to them. There's just a lot of messaging. Um, I mean, anybody could, but women will recognize sort of ideas and phrases. It, it's like little stories about around boundaries, you know what I mean? Um, or experiences you've had. And there's kind of cliches that happen to everybody. Sure. And so if there's a phrase that says, oh yeah. Um, and the song I want to record is called The Knowing. And it's it's all kind of phrases I believe women have heard, like, you're too much, you know what I mean? Like, calm down, um, uh, you know, feeling like there's a lot of lines that are about, like, you don't have to ask for permission. Like, how you feel is not up for debate, you know what I mean? And so, I don't know, maybe at this age, I'm just having a lot of those boundary um, oh. lessons uh, and learning how to, like, be much more vocal, decidedly, than maybe ever before, which is crazy that it. It's taking me so long, but <laughs> sounds like the world has gaslit you for life. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Well, I don't know. It's it's just come up, and I've thought about it. I think you know, like I said, as I tend to you know deep dive into things, I like to change. I like to grow or whatever. So I, I'm, I have friends who've always like, Carrie, not everybody wants to go that deep, and I was like, why not? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. So yeah, I'm excited about that. It'll be fun. Awesome. Cool. Well. Uh, again, August 21st, not October, August 21st at the <laughs> Crocodile. So I'm going to ask you a very difficult question. And Uh-oh. you don't have to hammer it down to one or two. It can be five or six. It doesn't matter. When you think of all-time favorite Northwest bands, what are some of your favorite Northwest bands? And it could be bands that you know are underrated. It could be bands as big as Heart. You know, it's, it's just when you think of Northwest bands, what are your favorites? Uh, number one, Lucky Me. Okay. I love that band. Underrated. Um, I, if so you, underrated, I've never heard of them. Oh, go find them. Um, Nylene is an amazing lead singer, but that band is phenomenal. It's filled with amazing people. Yeah. Right. I would say Lucky Me. Um, Deja Colantano or the Pinups. They made an incredible record that's out there. Um, you know, I, you know, I, Nirvana, I have to say, like, yeah. I'm not a bandwagon person, but I remember the first time I saw them, I go, oh God, that's going to be huge. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But I did, I love the music. I was like, for reasons, that's why, you know, I yeah. said it. Um, 
I loved them a lot. I like the Gits. Um, yeah. I loved Kim Byron. I mean, there's so many people, right? Like, yeah. uh, do you remember Kristen Berry at all? Oh. That was, she did a little more um, techno stuff. I know I'm going to forget people. So that's what's going to be terrible. Um, but Lucky Me stands out number one every time. Okay. When, yeah, I love, love, love them. Go find them. Desperately search for them. <laughs> awesome. Maybe we'll play some of them here on La Mocco when I find it. Oh, yeah. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. You'll love it. I think you'll love it. So, you know, now that, you know, you have, uh, you know, this platform here, KISW, Loud Mocco, I was curious, um, before we let you go and we play one of your solo songs, you know, is there any, like, um, local uh, nonprofits, charities, companies, or anything that you'd like to shout out? Any causes, any, you know, local friends, companies, anything, you know, just while you have this platform, I'd like to, you know, let you speak whatever you'd like. Um, well, I'd like to give a shout out to my friend Pete Greenberg. He has latent print records. He's a Uber supporter of of music in general, bands. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, you know, I'll have to say, like supporting causes for women with Roe v. Wade being um reversed, yeah. if that's uh helping women um get what they need, right? If should they need it. So any of those causes, um that's probably at my forefront right now, just given the times, you know what I mean? And I'm learning like who is effective to help contribute to. Um, And so I'll send you some of those if you want to, if you want to mention them, because I'm still learning about them, but I also like local things too, like anything that has outreach with um, homeless kids, um, shelters, um, women who are escaping abuse or violence, anything. And I'm also, Mary's place is amazing. Yeah. Um, the tree house is amazing yeah. in, um, uh, in the central district. Um, I also just think, um, anything you could do to help like kids in the foster care system, mm-hmm. you know, big brother, um, any big brother programs, things like that. Like, I think that there are already existing people out there who, who deserve help and care, um, or who are in troubled spots, uh, and that that would be a large group of people that I think about. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you very much for for you spreading that knowledge, for getting that out there. And I have an idea. What if we do a CZ Records documentary? Wouldn't that be pretty cool? Think that about all the albums cool. that were on that oh freaking God. record label. No kidding. I'm sure Daniel would love that. <laughs> 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 he would. All right. That would be New amazing collection. for you. I'm just kidding. Okay. I'll get it. Well, you know what? I bet Pete, Pete Greenberg will be all over that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Shout out to Pete. He sent me some good stuff. He, he saw, uh, I was, I retweeted something. He sent me a package with some goodness and some hair box. Yeah. Stickers. So Pete rocks. He does. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so again, August 21st at the crocodile. Uh, and, uh, any, any final words before we jump in? Actually, you know what? Let's, let's, uh, intro this uh or chat a little bit about this so we're actually going to play uh what i want which is uh the newest song from from you that we'll be playing why don't you tell us a little bit about this and you know what it appeared on was it a single or no it was on my last record which is called passage um and it's out there it's the last song on the record and it's just a hopeful like fight for your hope kind of song and just the sound of it like the end always 
I like to fight for people. You know what I mean? Fight. And I find that this song is about that, but also kind of fighting for myself. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. All right. Fight for yourself. I like it. So it's uh, what I want. And uh, you can uh, get this on her newest album. She's going to be releasing some new singles. And then if you want to hear this live, you can go August 21st at the Crocodile. Carrie Ockrey, thank you. It's been a pleasure. And uh, I hope to see you at the show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.